Welcome, it is CouchCast time again, number 23. I am Master Torgo. Dr. Villard. 80s Jeff. And special guest. Deep. Bianca. Yay! Wow, Yay. two ladies on the show. We're just, it's getting better. Girls like us! I don't think there's that been that many women in this uh, set ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. No? That's and you get her sister. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we've well, equaled our maximum and number. Adrian. Me and Adrian. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Okay, so, so this we, is par for the course for yes, us now. Yes. We're, uh, we're the official uh, geek podcast of the ladies. Of the, <laughs> as, as long as we're still able to get uh, drink girls, uh, we're good to go. <laughs> All right. So, so, ladies, if you want to be a drink girl, email us, comments at uglycouchshow.com. Send pictures. It is so much fun. And you have to live in Las Vegas. Well, you really, don't have to, but we're not going to fly you out. Really, <laughs> really hot. Yeah, we might consider telling you where the airport is. <laughs> if, if you want to come on your own accord and you happen to be in Las Vegas, sure. Well, Jeff's we'll got some room in the side of his bed. <laughs> Under the bed. Under the bed. Ah, that's where you keep the hookers. This is Vegas. And the dust bunny. Yes. What's right, in the news? It's Talking Week and Geek, folks. So I'm just going to start with my little list, mostly movie stuff for me here, because well, that's, that's really all I cared to look at, damn it. <laughs> all right, so talking about Brian Singer might be returning to X-Men. He's in talks, so to speak. Yes. Uh, to quote him, I'm still looking at the possibility of returning to the X-Men franchise. I've been talking to Fox about it, unquote. Apparently Fox, uh, post-Brett Ratner, really wants Singer to come back because of the uh, amount of time and uh, research he did with the first two films, which were actually fairly profitable for Fox. Regardless of who the director is, I don't really care. I want to know who the writers are and if they're going to do it justice. That's a good point. Well, which story are they going to... Which story are they going to do this time? And that, that's a big question, too, because uh, they'll probably do a whole new one, actually. Genosha. Yeah, good luck with that. I want to see the Genosha story. I want to see Cameron Hodge. I want to see fuckers dying. <laughs> that's just me. Uh, yeah, and it's like, you know, the, the way that X-Men 3 ended, is there really any more to the, the whole Dark Phoenix saga, or is it just, like, done, done, as well, far as the screen is concerned? It's done, well, it's done its own way. Office. It had nothing to yeah. do with the Dark Phoenix Yeah, exactly. Saga, so nothing to do with the comic version of yeah, it. It's, well, uh, Professor X has to come back, no matter what. Well, right. So well, they, yeah, they had the, the, the little blip at the uh, very end of the credits for X-Men 3 that sees, like, oh, he put himself, you know, spoiler alert here, people, but he put his mind into another body, so... Was there an X-Men story about that? Was well, there there's there's got to be something along the way. Was there the an X-Men story, on, story about, about Magneto losing his powers? Oh, I don't know. Yes, there was. There was? There was? Mm-hmm. Issue 432? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I, I love the X-Men comic. I read it when I was younger, and so I was very disappointed, even beginning X-Men number one, where they just deviated so much from the original comic. Especially, well, they, they have to. Not that much that they made up some of their own storylines. One of the biggest part for me was like the whole Rogue and Gambit. Like Gambit didn't even get introduced until X Men Origins. That was one of my favorite. Characters. Oh, don't even get me started about Deadpool. <laughs> See, well, it's a good point. Kind of messed up some of the storyline. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if they would maybe backtrack three movies and try it again. That's I, actually that wouldn't be a bad idea. I wouldn't no. mind if we just hit the reset button on that. Like, exactly. It's it's so hard to get into the whole multiple storylines because you know the movies try to set their own storyline sure. and and we say well they totally deviated from the comic. It's like well at the same time though how many different storylines do we seem to have in right. every comic series? I mean you know I, 
I can't remember the last count of the number of different sto- Superman splits there was, or the Batman story well, splits. Well, think about it and, like this, and we talked about this once before. And they go into the whole parallel and universe thing. Given I'm a purist for comics and books, and I like to see things done as they were in the comics if they were good, a la Wanted being nothing like the comic. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's like Marvel Ultimates, yeah. how it's a different universe, kind of. It's a yeah. different take, it's a different retelling of a of what is a classic story. Right. Um, that's what I feel the movies are like. They're just a different telling of it. And given Makes 20, 30 years from now, God willing, you know it's going to be like five, they're going to remake the X-Men stuff if it was that good. So what's your excuse for book adaptions? What do you mean? Well, because Hollywood, they do it with comics, but they also do it with book adaptions. They take the general story and then they go their own direction. See, with com- comics, you can say it's, their own version of what could possibly happen, but with books and right. Well, translation from what you see in your mind to what you see on the screen. Some things can be done, some things can't. So I understand that part of it. And that whole aspect of time compression too. But let's yeah. face it, a lot of that has to do with people in suits making decisions creatively. Yeah. They have no business making. Exactly. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, while we're on the wanted movie topic, do you think that movie would have done better if they just didn't have the title? Wanted on it because yes. I was thinking about this the other day because it was on uh, I believe it was on HBO and I was watching it again and I'm like you know what take the name Wanted off of it it's not a bad flick it's got some cool gunplay and 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 some funky effects and you the have fact that it's it's a you have sword. you know Morgan Freeman going shoot this motherfucker so I mean it's you know that cracks me up every time I hear it if you get if you have the title Wanted on it you immediately get a built-in audience right built-in hype. However, you also get the built-in angst of people who will see the film and say, this is nothing like... Well, I I had never read the comic, and I didn't know. I went and saw the movie in the theater, and I came home, and I'm like, yeah, I really liked it. And I started telling Todd about it. He's like, what? That's nothing like that. He pulls out the comic, starts showing me stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, this is nothing like the movie. Nothing like the movie. So, I mean, it's like, why did they pay all that money to license that particular comic and then completely take it elsewhere, is... Because you know. they're optioning everything they well, can. Hell, they option Kick-Ass when it only had, like, four comic books out. True. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they make that comment in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Anyway. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and skip ahead to the... I'm going to skip one and come back to it. Okay. Because based on what you said, I have to read this next part. When I read this... I went searching because I'm like, this has to be a joke. In fact, I'm not fully convinced yet that it isn't because of how over the top it is. But so, so if it is, everybody's in on it trying to do this. I mean, Joe Blow is in there talking about it. Chud's been talking about it. All right. What is it? I'm just going to read. Pay attention, everybody. Okay. At an L.A. press event for the DVD releases of Star Trek and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, uh, screenwriters uh, Orkai and Kurtzman oh, def- I, I think I know where you're going de- Defended going their upcoming Viewmaster movie Oh, okay Wait, yeah. wait, wait Viewmaster? Like the thing you click in the Yeah in Yes the, the, You hadn't heard about this? They're, ma- they're making a movie based on Viewmaster And Battleship <laughs> 2 is coming out but, Battleship I can see for kids <laughs> but fucking Viewmaster? Let, let me th- This is yeah. them defending it right here We've read a lot of the wildly cynical response to the Viewmaster movie This is Alex Kurtzman saying what I'll say is that some toys should be movies and some, some toys should not be movies, and I'd like to believe we know the difference between those things. The movies that work, work when there's a story that you could take the toy out of, but then when you put the toy in, it becomes even more amazing experience for whatever reason. 
uh, Brad Kane, who is the writer for us on Fringe, came to us with an amazing idea that had absolutely nothing to do with Viewmaster. We loved it. We thought it was fantastic. But we said, it's missing one thing. I don't know what that thing could be. Then along came Viewmaster. It sounded like the perfect marriage of ideas. But it's because we started with a story that felt like it could be told all on its own before it came along. So it's like, bring it on. If you want to be cynical about the Viewmaster, because great, we're so confident in what it's going to end up going to be like that we're we feel there's nowhere to go but up is this a big freaking april fool's joke I, does it feel like it? It, it it doesn't seem like this could possibly be real the master the movie i mean i i i don't know what to say other than you know with, with the exception maybe of transformers 2 Orsi and Kurtzman seem to have a pretty good track record going with their their writing credits so the view master man i i know I know, and, and I'm with you on the, 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 the uh, you know, re- reaction, but well, it's just like I guess until the product like is out. Asteroids. Oh, yeah, the asteroids. For yeah. Asteroids, too. The video game Asteroids was option. Yeah. Even that, though, has a built-in, though simplistic, story. We're a ship amongst asteroids. We have to shoot our way out. Sure, it's a five-minute movie. Woo-hoo. But <laughs> that certainly goes farther than click, oh, this picture's in 3D, too. Well, and what are they going to do? Because I had Viewmaster as a kid, and we had everything. You had Muppets, you had Sesame Street, you had yeah. My Little Pony. I mean, you had everything that was toy-wise. It was, this is sure. like, yes, it's a tool. It's like making Screwdriver the movie. Right. So what are they going to do? To have a thing where the, someone or, gets sucked into it, and they get stuck into the 3D reel? And or let's write the movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to write this movie for Orson well, Kurtzman. You know what? You okay, know what? here we are. Opening credits. Uh... Two kids Two walking kids. home from school. Yes. Uh, the kids, uh, they get home, you know, they, they call, hey, mom, dad, I'm home, blah, 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 wash up for dinner, kids. And then what happens? And then suddenly they enter a magical world where everything is in 3D. No, 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 no you're, you're jumping ahead there. Let's say, oh, Billy, little Billy has to go to the bathroom. Okay. All right. Little all right. Billy has to go to the bathroom. bathroom. We go to the bathroom, and they're in the toilet. Is this little ghoulie? <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of he needed something to read, but there was no magazine, so he picked up the viewmaster. Maybe it'll be something a la Zathura, where like you know everything that they click suddenly no, makes everything outside the house go crazy. Uh, this is Orson Kurtzman here, so I got to amend that. There in the toilet is a glowing portal. <laughs> That they stick, he sticks his hands into the glowing portal because that's obviously not water, and that's what you do when it's not water in the toilet. You stick, you your, stick hands your hands in, in and out comes this magical viewmaster. Now, how did it get there? We find out later in the story that it was a, a gift from an ancestor, passed down from generation to generation. And 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 he opens up the back of the toilet, and inside the back of the toilet is film discs. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No one's gonna get that joke for four months. <laughs> Yeah, but when they do, <laughs> bam! <laughs> this is the stupidest idea for a movie ever. Hey, you Why don't you just make a movie for fucking Shrinky Dinks? Or, uh... Option that shit now! <laughs> no! Actually, no. they were talking about on the radio, they were going to think of the Game of Life. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were, they were that has been option. To make yeah. a movie that can be fun. Of- that can be fun. That can be tongue-in-cheek, goofy fun. <laughs> My mind is blown. I'm sorry. I got nothing for Viewmaster. Light brights. Light bright. Again, a tool. (laughs) In 3D, that would be awesome. (laughs) No. That one could actually sell by just doing 3D. (laughs) One image after the other. Didn't they already? With a nice soundtrack. Didn't they already do a life-size version of Light Bright and 
Turk 182. <laughs> wow. Did you that. actually say Turk 182? I did. A cultural reference. I just had to fully throw those levels down. <laughs> <laughs> that was so obscure. Oh, my God. Hey, you You're know what? So While we're on the Orsi and Kurtzman thing, uh, mm-hmm. there's a rumor around the web that uh, they're going to kill off Megan Fox's character in the I, third Transformers I hear that, film. and you know what? That will actually probably bring all the boys to the yard. I don't know that after well, the second one I want to see a third Well, did you know that the second one, I was looking at the numbers today, made a hundred and something million it, dollars more it than made the first. Bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it made it And it's so awful. Best-selling movie of the summer. Oh. It hurts uh, a little inside. You know what? But to be honest, don't kill me, but I kind of liked it. Did you? I didn't see it, I, so I can't even comment. I, I wanted just, to make it, sure I couldn't. The, the Devastator and the, the, the two um, ghetto bots... In the film, oh, just, they had ghetto just bots. hurt ghetto too bots. much. Yeah, they had it ghetto just bots. hurt too much. And, of course, they had the uh, the Italian, uh, yeah. the mob bot. Yes. And they had the old fuddy-duddy bot. And what, did they, what did the ghetto bots turn into? A gat and a spliff? The ghetto bots, they had gold, Come a on. big gold tooth. <laughs> And they talk like this, man. Yeah, they talked in slang. They Did they? They were yeah. very ghetto. They Didn't were, we lose jazz was in the, the first, first one? Car, the fir- they first transformed <laughs> yeah. together into an ice cream truck. Yeah, I think, yeah, there was like an ice cream truck, and then later on they became two, they rice, two uh, rice burners. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but like, at first they combined into, like, one ice cream truck. There was so a was... transformer with a cane. A fucking cane, he was man. Really old. And he was an SR seventy one, which was really sad because uh, I used to like the SR seventy one a lot. Get out of really, here. this hurt your enjoyment of the SR seventy one? No, it just it, it made <laughs> me sad to see it transform into a old fuddy duddy. I'm so old. I'm one hey. of the first Transformers. <laughs> Lame. All right. So oh, I'm gonna. On. So that's enough about bad toys turned into movies. But apparently, there's an opening for the uh, Ghostbusters three script. Huh? What? Who? Yeah. Apparently, this is according to BloodyDisgusting.com. Okay. The sequel takes place when the paranormal researchers reopen their ghost removal service after it's been closed for quite a few years. As previously reported, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Rick Moranis, and Sigourney Weaver they have all Moranis? confirmed their involvement through various interviews on the web. So it starts with the researchers reopening their removal service after it's been closed for quite a few years. Does this sound like Ghostbusters 2 to anybody? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it makes me nervous. That's all I'm Ghostbusters saying. Ghostbusters weren't... They, the, the business wasn't closed in 2. It wasn't closed, but it was found, floundering. Because they hired Bobby Brown to do... Uh, well, well, that'll do it. No, but at the beginning of the movie, it was completely shuttered. They, they weren't allowed to... Uh. Because they had to go to court and and have the court order rescinded so they could start ghostbusting. Oh, again. who cares? I want to see another Ghostbusters film. Yeah, we do. Film. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I, I do just too. want to throw it out there because it's a Ghostbusters nugget, and I right. need all the Ghostbusters nuggetry. I and I'm, I'm surprised because uh, uh, Rick Moranis was the, the lone holdout. Yeah. I thought he vehemently was if not going to do it. Money at anyone? Well, there is that. To the interview. I mean, uh, I don't know if there's a contract, but he said he's doing it. If they threw enough money at me, I'd be in yeah. Ghostbusters three. Which one was with the state? Puff Marshmallow Man was that one or two? One. That was the first one. That was one. Okay. The best. Two was crap. Second one was with the artist. It wasn't terrible. Vigo. <laughs> yes. He is Vigo. You are like the buzzing of flies to him. Yeah. <laughs> now the last piece of news I have is Thor movie news. Yes. Okay. Or Michael Bendis has read the script. And what does he think? And he quote he quote I was reading the new script last night. Very very good. 
Now, really? keep in mind, this is the first script. And True. you know it's going to mm-hmm. go through like ten different revisions, just like the World War Z movie has. Well, I'm sure it's in his hands because I'm sure he's probably going to have a little input to his mind, guess. He'll probably just throw a little nugget here and there, knowing how they work things at Marvel. Does he now. have any creative input into Does he have creative input? No, but when mm-hmm. Bendis speaks, Marvel listens. And oh, okay. So. And it is a Marvel Studios production, yes. so it's they, they definitely have more control over it than the studio... Um, than the, the studio that's distributing it has. And it, got? it says Kenneth Branagh's directing it. Yes, it is. Yes. In fact, I have the whole like list him. here. I love him. Uh, comic book resources. They attended director. the Baltimore Comic Con, which this where this came out. Uh, Bendis talked briefly about the connection between Marvel Studios and the Thor script. He confirmed again that all the movies would have certain threads that run through them for those excited to see the connections. Nice. Branagh directed, star Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Natalie Portman, Jamie Alexander, Colm Fiore, Samuel Jackson, and Stellan Skarsgård. Nice. I just, love, I just love saying Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Oh, is it, wait, who is that? I don't know. Is that his the guy last name pl- Skarsgård. Is that the guy who plays uh, Eric in uh, True, True Blood? Blood? I think it might be. I think so, yeah. Alex. Is he going to be Thor? No, uh, the guy that's going to be Thor is... Uh, the one that played... Uh, oh, that dude should play Thor. He's awesome. Kirk's father in the he, new Well, movie, maybe he'll play Loki. Mistaken. He played good Loki. Loki's a chick now. In the comic, but not necessarily in the movie. He'd totally be a chick. It's, it's, I don't what, know. I didn't like the movie. Well, why not? <laughs> because it's, I'm busy writing the Viewmaster movie. Loki yeah, is yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it wants to be. <laughs> Lord. All right, but uh, bring me your list, sir. Oh, I got some freaking... Some, you uh, got some the news. news here. In no particular order. Nope. In fact, I don't think I have anything here that falls into the category of news no one gives a shit about. Really? We don't we have any care. You, you can have a sip of this. No. I'm not saying what we're drinking because I want it to be a surprise for later. <sighs> That's a tasty beverage. All I know is this is a great what's going to my mouth. Yeah. Marge Simpson to appear in Playboy's November I is saw horrendous. That. I saw that already. Brilliant. Playboy's had the cover and three-page uh, picture spread inside. It was a celebration of the 20th anniversary of The Simpsons. Christ. And a part of a plan to appeal to a younger generation of readers. Scott Flanders, how ironic is that name, a recently hired chief executive of Playboy Enterprises, told the Chicago Sun-Times in an interview that Marge Simpson cover and centerfold was somewhat tongue-in-cheek. It's never been done. We thought it would be kind of a hip, cool, and unusual thing to do. Uh, He said the magazine hoped to attract readers in their 20s compared to the average Playboy reader's age of 35. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's like all the guys in this room. Yeah. Hey, I'm 32. And I'm 28. And I'm 21, I lied. And I'm 14. Okay. Mentally. Oh, I know that. Uh, Marge Simpson, why? I mean, okay, yeah, it's great, but I don't really want to see Marge Simpson naked. It's a neat idea. It's a great idea. It's a good I? idea. Now if, they could, now if only Disney would buy Playboy, then we'd be into something. <laughs> if only Playboy appealed to me in any way, because the shit they sell in there and the yes, articles. I know, I know. You hate women. I don't hate women. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the women in there. It has to do oh, with the... Did, I think you, did you ever does. actually... Oh, I think it does, Trebek. <laughs> did you ever actually read the articles in Playboy? I like yeah. the comics. Yeah, I did. I used to. No, I just go They're to playboy.com. To there are no Woody, articles. To, to quote Woody Harrelson playing Larry Flint in The People vs. Larry Flint, yes. who is this magazine for? <laughs> Seriously. I, I will say this. Back in like the the early to... Late '90s, they had some really good stories and you know interesting news pieces in there. Yeah. But like I would say about '97-ish, the quality of the writing in the magazine dropped dramatically. It just like it's like nobody's gonna read anything 
in this magazine anymore. Because no. after you're done looking at the pictures, you're like, well, what else is there in this magazine? Yeah. And you start reading, it's like, oh, this is a neat little story by this author, and and then suddenly that author becomes popular, and he's got books out, and you're like, oh, well, cool. Stephen King did start yeah, with exactly. uh, yeah. men's magazine stories. Now, that's not to say that there's better articles than any other magazines, because I've read those, and the, and the articles in Hustler are shit. Mm. Shoot, even Maxim is gone. The articles are there to give you an excuse as to why you read the magazine. Yeah. Because most of that magazine now is all uh, phone numbers and to call to spend $10. Now, that's my favorite part, the ads in the back. <laughs> God, gross some of those ads. No, I want to go back to Thor really quick. Okay. Stellan Skarsgård yes. is actually an older actor. He was born in 1951. He's the so guy who played Bootstrap Bill in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh, okay. that's right. He's in a right. ton of stuff. So he's going to be Odin, isn't he? Uh, probably. He doesn't no. say what he's playing right now. Those sneaky bastards. Yep. Uh, actually, he's playing... Well, no. Yeah, it doesn't say. Yet. I don't know that it's character. it's in pre-production, so oh, yes. they're not going to list it Plus, yet. Plus, they could always change him. He might end up playing to tell you the truth, I never really read Martha. Thor, so I don't know. That's what's kind of nice going into this, because the only person I know that's read is Paul, because he brought it to the show. Yeah. Sure. And so we're all kind of going into Thor, kind of... I've I've read a couple of the comics over the years, but I was never like sure. a hardcore, you know, every issue reader. Well, the one if you out them. there are a hardcore Thor reader, please let us know. Write to us, comments at com or throw a comments under the section. What makes you a great Thor reader, and why should we read Thor? And what should we be expecting from the movie? And give me money. <laughs> okay, let's see what else I got. Ah, why is Fox depriving us of happiness? We're just sitting on an independent... <laughs> they, that makes them laugh. <laughs> they're sitting on an Independence Day 2 story, and they're not doing anything with well, it. Well, isn't that about the uh, Will Smith? Isn't it because... Well, here we go. In an interview uh, with director Roland Emmerich, he revealed that uh, he has a story and the desire to put Bill Pullman back in the White House, but Fox doesn't want to pay Will Smith to say, Welcome back to Earth. Dean Devlin and I are still set to make a sequel. Likely because we found some sort of idea and we approached Fox, and Fox has not quite figured out how to incorporate Dean's and my deal and Will Smith's deal. Will wants to do it in some sort of package they can live with, so it's just been in negotiations now since forever. And Fox says, well, why don't you do it without Will Smith? And he said that, and I said, Will is essential for us, for this movie, and actually for the audience, too. And I agree, it is. It really is. Um, and so it's in limbo, and lately the studios are fighting, like gross players. And Will's a gross player, and probably the only gross player right now whose worth is gross, so we'll <laughs> see what happens. I'd love to do it. There's a really great story, a very cool one. I'm up for another one. I'm Absolutely. Totally up for, I love that film. I got out of the movie theater and I called my friend and said, dude, you got to see this film. This is a really good, fun film. Yeah. There's been Turn a off lot. your brain, but it's a good film. Well, yeah. There has been a mass of studio exec shifts over the last couple of months. That's true. So that that could also be a sticking it's always, point. It's always a game because changer. Because the companies that own the studios are really upset about how many box office bombs there have been over the last few years you know when, when they, astat, they when they attach a star's name to it you know just as a you know pure example Eddie Murphy movies have done nothing in the box office well you said attach it a star to, be, to it well yes <laughs> but i mean it used to be you would attach a name like Eddie Murphy to a film you had an automatic box office percentage mm-hmm. now they're not even registering on there you know it'd be like oh well you know you get a 25 percent gross off the name alone now it's like maybe 10 to 12 percent so a lot of the studios are trying to it's like well maybe we need more quality production i'm like yes better stories better stories better acting it doesn't matter 
if you've got a star name attached to it. People will go see the film. Yeah, I think people are being a lot more picky about what they're spending their money on. Yeah. And they're oh, yeah. not going to go see a movie just because so-and-so's in it. They have to make sure that it's worth... They can be the greatest yeah. actor in the world, but if they have crappy, totally. a crappy script and crappy direction, the movie's going to suck. Yeah, and, and some actors are very selective of the scripts right now. I, I, I think Will Smith is, if I'm not mistaken, pretty picky about what he will and won't do. Yeah. Which, which, which is probably why most of the movies he's been in in the last, you know, 10 years have done so well. Maybe he wants to do it, but the studios are skeptical of, you know, giving a percentage of the gross or whatever so that they can get him on for this film. I'm not, you know, obviously we're not involved in any of the negotiation process. We so know, we're they're... only speculating, but yeah, we should be. You're right. No, totally but right, I Barry. fully believe there's more story to yeah. be mined from an Apple virus. Yeah. I just love saying Apple virus to you. Yeah, because Apple owners think that they don't get viruses. <laughs> They're about to get a real-world hit, I think, <laughs> real, real soon. That's going to make national news when that happens, isn't it? I own Apple an Apple. Vi- virus takes out half of all Apple owners. I own an Apple. I'm PC safe owners from viruses. Say, ha, ha. And you know someone's working on it right now hey, because they want to be able hey, to say totally. it with me. Yeah. You want it to be different? Now you are. <laughs> All right. Ian McKellen says which actors are in and out of The Hobbit. Ian McKellen is expected to uh, reprise his Lord of the Rings role, Gandalf, and director Guillermo del Toro's Hobbit movies. Excellent. There's nothing official yet, but he told Empire Magazine he doubts many of his Rings co-stars will appear. And I'll see if I can do it in the Ian McKellen's Gandalf voice. Oh, please. Unfortunately. Fuck, I can't do that. How does he even think? How does he even talk? That was like a really retarded Sean Connery. Yeah. (laughs) You shall not read that story. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's your old man. I can't do it. Yeah. That's your old man voice. voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try reading it in the Barry voice. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, he says, unfortunately, there won't be many of the actors going back, unless they're going to put on masks and be disguised as dwarves. Andy Serkis <laughs> is, at the moment, I think, the only other actor who's doing this film. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, the scripts they... for the two films will be delivered soon. Uh, there'll be. Then they'll be budgeted and cast, and they'll be going, and they'll be going when they've always said they would be, which is next spring, March or April. Guillermo even told me at one point we're going to film for three hundred and eighty-three days. He's got that artistic autism, uh, Peter. Uh, Peter Jackson's this <laughs> same. They're they're very 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 alike. They're also very different, but they have so much in common. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Though. Well, I mean, the character, the characters of like Frodo and Samwise <sighs> and Mary and Pippin are they're too young to be in the Hobbit film, right? Based yeah. on the story. Yeah. So so obviously that's you know that's four actors right there that are not going to be in it. These are because those are characters, characters that aren't yeah. in it. Yeah. Uh, even Gimli is the son of one of the Hobbit characters. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So, Where is he? I don't even know anymore. What about Ian Holm? Ian, Ian Holm, Holm could do he Bilbo. Could, he yeah. could. Do, I mean, because he did Bilbo in the film initially. Sure. But, it, happened, but it happens so much earlier than it would be a younger Ian Holm. Just don't get Elijah Wood. I got to tell you, I sorry, Elijah Wood. You're cool, but I didn't like your performance. Well, I thought he was fine. They also said that they were... It was the writing. Probably going to cast El, Elrond, the Elrond elder. Hubbard? No. The elder... Elroy? And his, and his dog. Uh, Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> the guy from the Matrix. Enron. Yes. That's like that's Who? like telling a tree not to be made oh, of wood. Oh, oh. The Matrix. that guy. 
Yeah, the guy that played all the all the bad guys. It's like, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Everyone right now listening to this is like, I'm, I know who it is. His no, name no. is. We've all lost geek cred with twenty five. Oh my god, time. Google it. What are you? I'm, okay, I'm, hold I'm, on. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm lost. Where, who are you guys referring Mr. to? Mr. Smith. Oh, Mr. Matrix. Smith. Uh, 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 it's on tip of your tongue. It is. It you is totally it. on it. Yes. Oh, no, uh, I, got it right here. I got it. I got it. I got it. Tom Bombadil. No. <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley. Hugo Weaving. Hugo yes. Weaving. My Hugo. next choice was Caligula. <laughs> yes, yes. Remember Which his... will make sense Hugo in a few Weaving. episodes. All right. Here's some more news. Oh, Jesus. This is going to be fun. I'm not last sure I like where this is going just uh, based on the picture that's on the screen. This is this is kind of lame. Neil Gaiman wants you to ha- Gaiman or Gaiman? Gaiman. Gaiman. Did we already do this? Yes, oh. we always do this. Neil Gaiman wants you to help him write a story on Twitter. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, no, no, listen. No. Neil Gaiman is, is writing like a new short story. Well, the beginning of one anyway, and he's a thousand collaborators He's going to, to write help a him line. Finish it on Twitter starting tomorrow noon. No, today. It's so today. 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 Okay. Well, whenever the well-known Twitterer. Uh, at Neil himself, that's on Twitter, will tweet the first line of a new story and the rest of us will be able to continue it with our own 140 character contributions. The expected 1,000 contributions will be compiled by BBC Audiobooks America into a short story and will be recorded by a professional narrator. Um, it's a neat idea. The audiobook will be available for free download at bbcaudiobooksamerica.com slash trade and iTunes. Blah, 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 blah. By Christmas. Now, I like it. Wow. Wow. Why, That's a why fun idea. Even ha- the only reason it has his name attached to it is he's going to write the first line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're going to call it a Neil Gaiman book. Now, is it you know his? how this is going to go? Here, let's do this right now. I used to, actually, I used to do we... this when I was uh, younger when I had to babysit my little brother and sister. I'm like, okay. One line stories? Sitting, we're sitting in a restaurant. I'm going to start a story. You're going to add on to it. And we go until the food arrived at the table and we just have out of control Made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so we're gonna do comedy sports here. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, it's a trademark. classic, classic improv game too. Yeah. So I mean, but are, are, do they actually think they're gonna get? All right, you serious? get to play Neil Gaiman. You get to start the story. Great. Once upon a time, there. There's my line. <laughs> give me a whole bunch of money. <laughs> no. Once upon a time. Must be a sentence. Complete sentence. In the magical land of Detroit. Happy Thanksgiving, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. I could not resist. That's so, what you're gonna get with this. Crap. That was that was go awesome. On. That was brilliant. I, I don't think we can go on. That can't be yeah. topped. That's it. Thank you. There it is. Hey, I, I can't story. take credit for Seth MacFarlane's brilliance. No, but you can, you can take credit. But I can emulate it. <laughs> that's how that's gonna go, and I think it's lame. Whatever. Anyway, here's some more news. Flash Forward is doing so well that ABC wants nine more episodes. Cool. Um, it's predicted to flash forward. The time traveling series has been doing so well, even beating out Survivor in the ratings. Whoop de doo! That ABC ordered nine more episodes, and you can thank everyone who recorded it for that. The new DVR numbers show that the series picks up an additional two million viewers when later playback is included. Those sorts of numbers were enough to increase the audience for the September 24th premiere to 14.5 million viewers, making the uh, the new top drama among 18 to 34 year olds. Are season. you telling me that Flash Forward is beating? Survivor in its 15th season? Come on. <laughs> where, where is Survivor right now? Who cares? The point is... It's DVR. Samoa, maybe? There's, they're, I don't finally know. Looking, they're finally looking at DVR numbers. Because they did it... I saw yes, they did it for I was Doll just going to say too. that. Yeah. And they've, they've... Fox has decided to keep Dollhouse on the air for its full run of 13 episodes because once you count in the DVR numbers, it bumps up their viewership 50%. 
Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I know yeah. the Nielsen's haven't really been touching it, but the networks are starting oh, yeah, to, the networks are to totally get independent now, readings from the cable operators on DVR be numbers. Be careful what you DVR. Don't DVR a bunch of shit you're never going to watch. Right. Okay. Torgo! <clears throat> what? But see, I Sometimes... watch a lot of stuff on Hulu, and yeah. so I'll, I'm going to set my DVR now at home to record the stuff that I always watch. So that way, if I catch on Hulu, I can just delete it. But at least they've got it. Well, go. even even NBC and Fox, who have contributed to Hulu, are starting to look at Hulu numbers. Which is good, because a lot of people... Because people are missing it I, for getting I love the DVR. Hulu, right? Because I can go to one site and get all the shows, instead of yeah. having to go to each channel's individual yep. webpage to view everything. Yeah, so. exactly. Write to Hulu. Tell them they need Ugly Couch Show on Hulu. <laughs> this Couch Go brought to you by Hulu.com. Hulu.com. I just end up... Because you forgot to watch your fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> so my DVR just gets too full. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, do I, have to, shit? do I have to? I don't want to because I want to keep on watching it. Nope. I will watch the same episode until it, I kill it. Uh, That's when you buy the season on DVD. All right, so. I want to set my DVR to record every show on just, the Food Network. Just to show, <laughs> throw a random show out there. If I recorded X-Play in every time slot that it airs in a daytime, does that mean it's going to count it that many times? I doubt it. I don't think I don't so. Think I think so. only the, the new shows. Yes. Yeah, I think it only counts like first viewing. And so well, it kind of reminds me that I used to actually do the Nielsen ratings books back in... Uh, oh, the diaries? In, in, yeah, the diaries. They I, still do that. Yeah, they still yeah. do it because apparently we still live in 1987. Yeah. The, I, I, the only thing I'd put in the books is like Mystery Science Theater. Even I, if I didn't watch it, I'd just write <laughs> it in. I, I did. got one last year when I was living with my friend Kate. So we got one for each TV, so we each had one. And mine was full of every Were you single... Truthful? No. Every <laughs> single science fiction show and fantasy yes. show that's on TV that I like, I wrote in that damn journal. I was like, yeah. It's on, like it. going in the voting booth, isn't it? <laughs> did, did, did you write for Sarah Connor Chronicles? Yeah, I did. I, I blame everyone who didn't watch it. I love that show. So much better show. than Dog I'll now. bet you, though, if they had counted the uh, DVRs for that show. Oh, yeah. Probably be around today. Yeah. A good job, not one of the dollars. So I'm glad they're starting to do this. Well, I mean, it's it's them finally the starting to realize, you know, we're in the 21st century. A lot of us are using 21st century technology. Great. Does that mean that Cinemax is going to get a 24-point share for Skinemax times? Probably. Jeez. Those titles are on demand now, too. See? So now they got double <laughs> roll. <laughs> oh, more TV news. Chuck, it's coming back soon. Yes. Yeah, uh, the third season might take place as soon as late October, so it's a little early, but hey, right on. And we reported on it at Comic-Con. NBC Insiders mm-hmm. who've seen the first four episodes are calling this the best season yet. So. Nice. Yeah, they've already filmed four, so they can start airing So it right should now. start here? What's that? So I should start watching it now? Yeah, get the first season. I thought you had the first season on DVD. No, I don't, actually. It's a good I've show. I've kind of stopped buying seasons since Netflix. It's really well, saving yeah. me a lot of money. I don't is watch it. Is it not in Netflix? But maybe I should. No, I don't think so. It's a good show. But my, my time is, is is limited, and I want to make sure the, that I get the best You're You're possible. at a computer all day long, and you have two freaking monitors right next to each other. <laughs> you can watch Hulu on one of them and do your work on the other. Technically four. Yeah, yeah. He does so have you've, got, four. you've got plenty of, of, of computer space. Okay? Oh, yeah, look at that TV in there, too, that I've never even turned on. My time is precious, too. I mean, I got EverQuest 2 to worry about. <laughs> my character's oh, up to yeah. level 18. Loser! Well, I I really adore Chuck. I think it's a great show. I was really concerned when they were saying that they were, uh, when NBC was not sure they were going to renew it for this season, but thank goodness the fans picketing outside of NBC and Subway doing their little 
um, save Chuck Promotions? Was there enough to convince the network to bring it back? And maybe you know, they start looking at DVR numbers. Yeah, if anybody has seen our our interviews from Comic Con about Chuck, you know, when we asked the cast what they felt about the fan response in bringing the show back, mm-hmm. they they were just overwhelmed. Love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean. It's a shame those fans weren't there for Sarah Connor. Hey, if you know what, if they they had that kind of support for Roswell, I would probably have that job. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Barry, you have to remember that Sarah Connor was on Fox, and Chuck is on NBC. Yeah. Oh yeah, Fox that's right. Fox hates sucks people. ass. As soon as they decided is. to cancel the show, they're canceling the show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They rarely change their mind once they've made it up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lame. Why am I not in charge of all Hollywood? Because it might be a better place if you were. But I can't. They just can't have that. Yeah. All right, let's change gears here for a second. Here's a little science news. Science? Science? You're going to get some learning? Science! See, i got to put it in the middle of the show, between geek stuff, so people will actually want to pay attention and learn something. All right, people, prepare to eat your Brussels sprouts. He blinded me with science. Physicists have found that there is an ultimate limit to the speed of calculations. Regardless of any improvements in technology. Really? Yeah. Uh, according to researchers who found the computation limit, the uh, bound poses an absolute law of nature, just like the speed of light. While many experts expect technological limits to kick in eventually, engineers always seem to find ways around such roadblocks. But the physicists are right. Uh, no technology could ever beat the ultimate limit they've calculated. It's something having to do something like Moore's Law, that's what it's called, yes. which is about 10 to the 16th times faster than today's fastest machine. So don't worry, there's still going to be PlayStation a billion coming <laughs> it's, soon. It's a quantum problem because if yep. you, you, you make transistors so small, electrons will literally jump from one transistor to another, causing problems in the computational process. Well, that's, that's process. if you use transistors, but quantum computers could circumvent that problem. Well, yes. But anyway, at the current Moore's Law, I don't but know why, but at their current Moore's Law pace, computational speeds will hit the wall in about 75 years. or to 80 years. And then, who knows? Yeah, but also quantum so computers Quantum computers could spontaneously turn into a horse. <laughs> no. <laughs> Your science is a little <laughs> off, my friend. Anyway, the paper describing the analysis, which relies on thermodynamics, quantum mechanics, and information theory, appeared in physical review letters. There's an abstract. You can find it on Slashdot. Uh, Or you can read the scientific review. That's not even... That's based on current, like, silicone and transistor dye technology. They're even researching such technology as bioengineered computers that would use um, literally neurotransmitters and, you know, neurons... To do the actual computation, biological. Well, how can we put Spider Man in this? <laughs> <laughs> how can we what? Put Spider Man in all this. We, 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 shut up! <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> anyway, back to bullshit. Oh, and speaking of technology, Ron Moore calls Star Trek's tech meaningless. And uh, you think? I think Kirsten uh, mentioned something about this at a recent keynote speech at the New York Television Festival. Uh, just lost my place. Former Star Trek writer and creator of the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, Ron Moore, revealed the secret formula for writing Trek. He described how the writers would just <laughs> insert tech, the word tech, mm-hmm. into the scripts whenever they needed to resolve a story or plot line. Yes. And then they'd have consultants fill in the appropriate words. I.e. the end of every Voyager episode. Mm-hmm. It became the solution to so many plot lines and so many stories. It was so mechanical that we had science consultants who would just come up with words for us and we'd write tech in the script. Picard would say, Commander LaForge, 
Check the tech to the warp drive. I'm serious. If you look at those, those scripts, you'll see that. Moore went on to describe how a typical script might read before science consultants did their thing. LaForge. Captain, the tech is over-teching. Picard. Well, then route the auxiliary tech to the tech, Mr. LaForge. <laughs> LaForge. No, Captain. Captain, I've tried to tech the tech and it won't work. Picard. Well, then we're doomed. And then Data pops up and says, Captain, there's a theory that if you tech the other tech, and Moore said it's a rhythm and it's, it's a structure, and the words are meaningless. It's not about anything except going through it's the stance so of how they tech their way out of it. Oh, yeah. That's one of the reasons why I kind of like Battlestar Galactica more than Star Trek. Because those stories could really be told anywhere. The tech wasn't really even a vehicle for it. No. And that's why some people don't consider Star Trek sci-fi. I know Garrett Wong used to tell us at the experience that that was the thing he loathed the most about the, the script, was trying to to, to practice the techno babble, mm-hmm. and well, sure. he said it's there were so many times on set twister. where you would, you would, you would say it wrong, and they're like, "No, it actually says this." And they're all ah, and they have to start over. Uh, so, um, but yeah, a, there's a guy uh, that our uh, friend Kirsten. Uh, oh, that who, guy. Charlie Strauss is apparently some writer who wrote this thing about why he hates Star Trek. And I care about Charlie's opinion because. Uh, some kind of writer or something. I don't know. Some kind of writer. Supposed to be good for you. And he says that, uh, where is it? Star Trek, uh, where is it? The biggest weakness of the entire genre is this. Protagonists don't tell us anything interesting about the human condition under science fictional circumstances. They've thrown away the key tool that makes sci-fi interesting in the first place by relegating a tech to a token afterthought rather than an integral part of plot and characterization. Was he referring to next-gen eras? Next-gen... Voyager specifically, because that's... Voyager and a lot. It it really got it a lot. Voyager did get a little out of control with the technobabble. However, I guess one man's definition of sci-fi versus another one, because the way I see it, if it's magic with technology, it's sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of magic. Like the Heisenberg compensator is magic. Mm. But it's often... uh, Deus ex machina and not an actual vehicle. Not true, but it doesn't make it any less sci-fi. It doesn't make it good sci-fi. I'd say good. Just because it's set in the future, it's sci-fi, and because they have tech, uh, you could take Alien Alien is sci-fi. You could replace tech with steampunk and make Star Trek steampunk very easily. Yeah, but steampunk is its own version of sci-fi. Or you could put it in old Roman times. It's the same story. What nah, makes now it's fantasy. Yeah. What makes something... Yeah, you're fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> what makes it sci-fi is that it actually, that the science fiction and how humans relate in this sci- world of science fiction uh, deal with problems. Did you, where use, you, wouldn't you just be... use the definition to explain it to me. <laughs> no, not at all. Science fiction because they live in this world of science and fiction. Tech you, pal. Smurf you. I hear the guy Charlie saying, and I agree that it's rough. It's rough, but it's still sci-fi. It's just not great sci-fi. I didn't say great. I know you guys love Star Trek. You don't have to defend it to me. I get it. I like Star Trek too. I no, think I'm, it's not saying, I'm, I'm not defending Star Trek. I'm just saying it's, it seems like the guy's saying it's not science fiction because of these parameters. Yeah, he's just saying it's not good science fiction oh, because well, they're cheaping out. Well, it is cheaping out, but you know, one man's butter is another man's holy sauce. 
But all fiction does that. You all fiction me, comes sir. up with fictional <laughs> ways out of the dilemma that they've presented themselves. But don't just in. say that's the tech, nature tech, of fiction. Tech. Don't just say that. Own it. If you if you're going to talk about a Heisenberg compensator, own it. You know. Well, later on they do. Once they've established what a certain thing is, they do tend to revert back to. It's like, okay, well, we can't do that because this thing does that. But you know, I mean, obviously Voyager got way convoluted with the with the techno babble. But Whatever. but like. You're right. Next it's, gen it's, and DS9 was not writing. nearly it's as very lazy as heavily. You saw DS9, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I love, I love DS9. Thank you very much. The last couple seasons. Well, the last couple of seasons went completely to war, and there was almost no techno babble in the last couple right. seasons. Well, then the very last season, I I didn't really like because, of course, they replaced the character. You know, the Dax. actors that played Dax. Which was stupid. I remember I went to. Oh, that was her decision. She didn't. No, want to it do wasn't. It, anymore. it no. wasn't. All right. I went to the Star Trek convention mm-hmm. where she talked, and she flat out said that they came to her and were not renewing her contract. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said that at the convention in front of a room full of people, mm-hmm. and she said they came to her and were not re- renewing her contract. Interesting. Tara Farrell, if you're out there, give us a call. Yeah, we will, we'll, we'll yes. set the record straight. Let's settle this. Yeah. Just, just to throw it out there as a speculative, wouldn't have been great if they replaced Dax with Dex, Dur. <laughs> yes, that would have made a whole new track. <laughs> Just saying. I think all TV universes should cross over. <laughs> all of them. I think Mr. Edge should cross over with CSI Miami. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. Torgo hates CSI I think Miami. Chuck with should cross passion. over with Merlin. There's a there's a supernatural. I love the show Supernatural. And there's a show coming up. They just, last week, you know, when they show they're coming up next or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Sam and Dean get stuck in something. It was blips. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But every time they, they're like stuck in this building. And every time they go through a door, they're in some TV episode. Nice. And literally, they're oh, that's like. brilliant. Yeah. And they're, and they're saying what they're supposed to be saying. But they're kind of, they have to do it in the way of the character. That's just the way it works. And one of them is CSI Miami. It was so funny. I was Lord laughing my ass off. That's a great idea. That's a fun idea. <laughs> hey, what I have a great Ritter film. Stay tuned. Thank it. you. I was just going to reference that too, as a matter of fact. I was going to say Torgo's Nightmare would be getting stuck in an, the movie Stay Tuned with all the CSIs. Obscure <laughs> pop culture <laughs> reference. Yeah. I would be the reason behind the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why. He's making a killing. Yeah! And Torgo goes, no! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, speaking of Trek, sort of, kind of getting back to that, uh, Will Wheaton's got a new book, Memories of the Future. Yes, came out. This is from the blurb. Came out this week. From Encounter at Farpoint to Data Lore, relieve... We live the first half of Star Trek The Next Generation's unintentionally hilarious first season through the eyes, ears, and memories of cast member and fan Will Wheaton, Wesley Crusher, as he shares his unique perspective in the episode guide you didn't even know you were dying to read. It is, um, I've actually really been looking forward to this book. Um, he's been doing a, uh, Memories of the Future cast, which is usually about a 15-minute episode on his blog, which I believe is willwheaton.typepad.net. It's... Yeah, you can look Just that Google up real him. quick. But uh, um, yeah, Will Wheaton's blog. Um, he's done a little audio recording of the first three episodes of the uh, first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation from both a 
person being involved in the production with it, as well as a fan looking at Star Trek, looking back on that. And they're really fascinating. And he's pretty funny with some of the little uh, the little inside things that he pops in there, as well as a fan's view saying, what the hell is this shit? You know, why are we doing this? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I've really been looking forward to this book. So. Cool. All right, here's some interesting news. Change gears for a second. Tennessee woman arrested for a Facebook poke. Uh, I'm sorry? A what? A Facebook poke. You know how you can poke someone on Facebook? Did she get arrested for assault? Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be the only thing I could think of. It's Go a, on. It's the digital equivalent of waving at someone from across a crowded room. This is from uh, ABC. Okay. Uh, a Tennessee woman was arresting, arrested last month for poking another user on Facebook. According to an affidavit, affidavit filed with the Sumner County General Sessions Court, Shannon D. Jackson of Hendersonville, Tennessee, allegedly violated a legal order of protection that had been previously filed against her. I think that's a restraining order. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when she sent a virtual poke to another woman on Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook poke feature can be used to convey a variety of meetings. It's basically saying hi to someone. That's yeah. it. When you poke someone, an alert pops up in the corner of that person's Facebook page notifying you of their poke. And uh, she declined to comment, but her lawyer told ABC News that his client was extremely shocked when the police arrested her. The only evidence that I'm aware of is a printout of a screen, adding that the printed screen grab of the victim's Facebook page is what led police to determine that the protective order had been breached. Seriously? I think the restraining order was over virtual lines as well. It's a misdemeanor that can be punished. No one has told me that, and... I would like to know that. So I was going to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, can you violate a, a restraining order <laughs> do, wait, wait, Bianca, do you virtually? Have any, uh, do you have any restraining orders against you that we need to know about? No, actually, we need to talk about this subject first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm interested with the whole net neutrality thing that's being brought up. And, and while whether... It's a, a small-time judge. Sure. In a small-time county that has... Uh, the chance to to rule on this thing, and you know it's going to get higher than this judge if it goes well, anywhere. I can I can understand like a telephone call or an, a, you know excessive yeah. amount of telephone but calls. A Facebook because book? yeah, I mean it's well to be honest, it's emailing, instant messaging, all of that stuff to me could also if this person will not leave you alone, and there's no way you can turn that stuff off without sure. completely like shutting down your your system, you know? Yeah. Then to me, that's that's harassment. I guess that could be harassment. But even if it is harassment, is it arrestable? Is it harassment? <laughs> it is it... your Facebook, so you can block who you your can. friends yeah. are. Yeah, so you can why are you that. friends with? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, nice now that point. now that you mention that, you can't be poked by somebody that's not on exactly. your friends list, right? Yeah. Your friend. So this, why are they on? Why is this person still well, on your friends list? Well, there's there's your defense lawyer's yeah. argument. Like you can't be poked by someone that's not on your friends list. I rest my case. Violating an order of protection is a class A misdemeanor that can be punished with up to 11 months and 29 days in jail. Uh, not for poking someone on Facebook. So Sorry. if you need a geek on the stand, call Bristow, Rob, and Gunter. We're here for you. $500. Objection! <laughs> wow. That's, that's funny. But I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. No. No. At least it better not. Now, tell us about your, uh, <laughs> your experience with this. Do you have any restraining orders against anyone, or do you have any on you? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> come on. Come on. I don't say there were restraining orders, but, but there, were, were I, there have restraint? been times where I've been known to stalk, so 
Who are you? Who are you known to stalk? Wait, pathetically. <laughs> if you were to stalk anyone, wait, who invited her to the show? <laughs> uh, Deb. Deb did, not me. Our very first ugly couch show stalker. Yeah. Maybe. It's just the habit oh, yeah. fall into, you know. I approve. Land of the Lost, another one of those movies that uh, had a big name attached that failed miserably. Yeah, well, what do you want? Okay, that's not the story. That's just an ad on here. (laughs) Warcraft lands a writer. I heard about this. The World of Warcraft movie now has a screenwriter and someone who certainly knows a bit about war, Robert Rodot, Roday, whatever, who penned Steven Spielberg's Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, and he did the Patriot, right? That's what director Sam Raimi, who will be helming the film, says. Well, we got a good writer, we got a good director. Yeah. Yeah. He might have a thing. Raimi also spoke a bit to MTV about the movie. He said it'll be an original tale based on the overall game rather than a specific storyline. Mm. So you might not see Arthas, you might not see, you know, Jana Proudmoore and blah, 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 blah. Right. Sure. Uh, we would choose something that encompasses lands and characters and storylines, and we would be true to it, says the director. But our story may or may not be about one of those central characters. We want to be really faithful to the game. We would have our, ri- our writer, Robert Rodot really craft an original story within that world that feels like a World of Warcraft adventure. Obviously, it's very different because it's expanded and translated into the world of a motion picture. The plan is to try and find touchstones within the game and portray them as accurately portray them accurately in the film. He's never made a video game movie, he says, but my approach would be to work with the best character writer I can find, which is Robert Rodat, and tell a great character story within the fantastic world of World of Warcraft while staying true to their mythology. I hmm. never finished the touchstone quest. Shut I got two. Up. I got two out of five on that one. Which one is that? No, he's lying. He's being a moron. Look, hey, yeah, oh, oh, oh. he's hey, got a great. Um, he's got a great example. Okay. To to look at and not be like Emily Bull. Hey, hey wouldn't, an example be, for wouldn't it be all. great if the movie were produced and released by Touchstone Pictures? That would be great. Shut up. <laughs> it's a figure of speech, people. I'm gonna I, put I'm gonna put a prediction out there right now. The, the official movie next sucks. If, yes. <laughs> that's an easy one. I'm, <laughs> prognosticator <laughs> video game Torgo. movies back fifty years. I predict best video game commercial ever. Oh, d- duh. <laughs> See, it's easy. Lame. When you know how. Does World of Rat Warcraft really need that much advertising? I mean, look no. how many people are playing this thing. Well, the trick is to get more people in. Well, it's Blizzard the largest ha- MMO. I mean, well, yeah. It doesn't have to make a video game for the rest of its life. It. So they don't even... It's as long as they keep some sort of content, a Blizzard. they're never going to do horribly. It'll, all, it'll eventually die out. I hate it, yeah, actually. Eventually, yeah. but it's after they've Warcraft? made billions and billions and billions of dollars, and it really doesn't matter by then. Yeah, well, I blame s- I blame Warcraft for this delay on Diablo three, so I hate the yes. sucker. Yeah, yes. Where's my Diablo three? And for that matter, <laughs> where's my StarCraft two? Diablo three is more important. It, it is. Divine resources are going to the wrong game. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Oh, uh, well, you know, this is a little late in the game, but let's, let's look at little box office numbers. Why don't we? All right. Okay. Number one in the box office this weekend. Give it to me. fucking love this. Couples Retreat. Well, that's good, though. What? I'm just glad because it's Peter Billingsley's directorial debut. Right. And I want anybody involved with A Christmas Story to have a fine, lustrous career. Okay. It beat Zombieland. John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. All right. Now it must fucking die. Yes. 
Zombieland. <laughs> Barry and I went and saw it. And it was an awesome movie. I love Zombieland. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I loved every minute of it. I loved it in the first three minutes. I had to take a piss halfway through that film. I pissed so fast. Oh, my God. He, like, ran out and was like, did you seriously go to the bathroom already? Please? I even washed my hands. It was super quick. <laughs> in your own piss? Well, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, okay. here's here's Couples the tree got 34.2 million. Zombieland got 14.8 million. What the fuck? Wow, really? But it was still second. True. Mm. Yeah, but isn't this Zombieland's second weekend where it's only the first weekend for Couples Retreat? Shouldn't matter. Couples Retreat is That's garbage. a good point. They and got like zero stars. But here's, here's 14 million is a nice take for a second week. Yeah. And and here's yeah. another thing, Barry. There's not a lot of people that are really into zombies. In fact, your general audience avoids those type of movies because... What are you two raising your hands for? <laughs> you of all people! Even in a comedic setting... You have to come home with I, me, bitch. I hate horror movies because they scare me to death, but I love zombie films. You ladies are out of my will. Zombie films. Okay, I will rephrase. Anything that deals with ghosts, I cannot watch because I will have nightmares. Oh, these two are complete years. wusses. I love it. I love it. This one, we're taking her to the Halloween. Uh... Oh, yeah. Okay, I saw the Zombieland commercial and I had a nightmare that oh, night. Wow. <laughs> I had. I woke up in the morning and I was like, "Oh my god, it's not real. It's not real." So who's up to going to see Paranormal Activity tonight? Huh? No. Yeah. We want to see John Carpenter's uh, Prince of Darkness with me. Yes. Yes. That movie even gives me the willies. (laughs) When I think of a scary movie, I think of John Carpenter's uh, Prince of Darkness. What do you think of? The S.I.N. I was just careers. Well, seriously, what do you think of when you think of really freaking scary movie? Really freaking scary movie? Really, really. God, what was the last thing that like totally movie? scared me? It's yeah. been a while since something's actually truly scared me. What just gives you the heebie-jeebies? It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, and you're a horror film. Folks, That's I true, figured. and I, I love them so much, but I'm kind of jaded to them anymore. I got to remember what really scares me. What scares you? Comments at uglycouchout.com. <laughs> Maybe we'll review it. You apparently freaking trailers scare you. Well, Monica. apparently talking about this has made the printer come to life because yeah. across the room and all of a sudden it's like turned on. And then she got scared. And I see Jeff's, Jeff's printer and he's, he's kind of like going, well, how did that happen? Bianca's scared of the printer so apparently her, 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 the movie that she's most scared of is Office Space. Uh, Electric I, Dreams. I am, still the type oh, of pers- I am still the type of person who will come home and the lights are off, and I'll run through my house so I can put the lights back on. <laughs> we are going to take her to the haunted houses on Halloween, oh, and yeah. she is going to piss herself. Here's the this I have to wear freaking Depends. It's going to be Here's great. Here's a funny story. I, when I first got my dog, uh, she's a black lab. As a puppy, I put her in a bed downstairs, and she would always, it was like a little small uh, lifted cage. Okay. She would, she'd do pull a hundini and crawl out of it i don't know nice. how she did it so anyways it's like 3 a.m in the morning and she's going through my room going through my stuff and i wake up and i'm like oh my god and i can't see anything and she's black so all i see is the black body moving around on the floor i'm like oh my god it's a gremlin <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that's the first thing that popped into my mind was that my dog was a gremlin not that it was like, not that it was my dog or that it was my um i have a chihuahua too who sleeps with me it wasn't that it was him because he was like right next to me it was the fact just popped in my head that there was a gremlin crawling around in my room. I'm taking you to every hall <laughs> to watch you scream your fool head off. I will. Get and it's not, you think it's funny until I'm just... Because you try to... Okay. And you try and go to sleep. You, you think that you're okay. And you, you, you sit and you lay down in bed. And you leave the light on because at least that'll help. 
And the second you close your freaking eyes. Okay, when I was a kid, Beetlejuice. I saw Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fu- I enjoyed the film. It's a funny-ass movie. And I tried to, when I went to bed, I couldn't sleep. Because every time I closed my freaking eyes, all I saw was those stupid faces when they went to the underworld or whatever to, to meet with the social worker person. And all I kept seeing was all that, oh, I couldn't sleep. Not for two days. And she already said Beetlejuice you know, twice. The, the, only more thing that, like, the only thing yeah, that mildly disturbed me about Beetlejuice was Beetlejuice is the snake. And then I got over it like that. Nothing disturbed me about Beetlejuice. It's a comedy. It is. No, I, I agree with you. But I'm just saying, like, for that split second, I was like, you ah, Beetlejuice is a snake. No, I was also cool. a kid, like, young. I'm younger than You're you guys. You're still scared so. of uh, horror movies. Yes. I want to watch you watch The Ring. No. <laughs> oh, my. Absolutely freaking not. The Japanese I... version, Ringu. Ooh. Ringu. Fist bump. I... My friends were playing that, and I walked through, like, the front room to get a drink of water. And I'm just walking in through, like, this with my hand over my eyes because I can see that in my peripheral. Because you don't want to watch the movie because you'll be dead in seven days. Okay. <laughs> Let's put it in perspective. It's a movie. Little Mermaid. <laughs> That's some perspective. <laughs> what about <laughs> Little Mermaid? Okay. I... It's the penis nightmares. castle, isn't it? I had nightmares of Ursula for, like, what? three really? years. Three years after that movie came out. And you have to remember, <laughs> when that movie came out, I was in third grade. Okay, third grade. Oh my She's young God. I'm not that young, but still. Third grade when that movie came out. Three years. Every single time I saw that film, because my sister loved it, and I have a twin sister. She loved it. She watched it all the time. I would have to leave the room and turn on something really loud so I couldn't even hear the scenes that she was in, or I'd have nightmares. Yeah. That song. Wow. <laughs> Blair Witch Project was probably the last one that gave me the heebie-jeebies. That gave me the heebie-jeebies? It's it really sold me on how it was shot and just how limited yeah. the perspective was. I thought it was really brilliant and Let's allowed for a lot of your imagination yeah. to take over. And I got a wild ass. Well, it's kind of that. Uh, Did you see um, Steve Biggs' post on Facebook today about how he said um, paranormal activity mm-hmm. is what Blair Witch should have been? Yes, I keep hearing that over and over again. So I'm very anxious. To see that movie made 7.9 million over the weekend, and it cost what 15 grand to make. Eleven thousand. The only thing I'm interested in this whole uh, paranormal activity thing is that it's it's quote based on a true story. I'm like, well, yeah, well, let's yeah, see. It's it's That's it's, it's actors in the camera, yeah. but it's still pretty damn neat. It's a whole yeah. show. Creativity <laughs> at its finest. Comic movie news. Bring it. And I hit the roof when I heard this. This is great. Oh, I know what you're getting. Uh, Palmiotti wants Sarah Silverman for The Pro. The Pro. Garth Ennis' brand. 2002 Image Comics released the prestige one-shot The Pro by writer Garth Ennis and artist uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. It's a hilarious book about a prostitute who gets superpowers. Oh, it's funny as hell. I remember this and now. And dirty. It's great. Although the creators have been trying to get an animated series based on the character off the ground. Yeah, right. The book's inker, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, now mentions on his Blogspot blog that those plans have stalled, but they're looking into doing a live-action version of this thing. And his first choice is comedian Sarah Silverman. Brilliant. I think it would be great. I think she'd totally do yes. it, too. Yeah. Oh, In fact, yeah. I- I'm, I'm almost positive she would. But as far as releasing it as an animated series, because Stripperella, Stan Lee's Stripperella did so well. Oh, I can't please. imagine why they're having trouble getting it to come out as a really? cartoon. During one book, it wouldn't the be pro to Stripperella? No. <laughs> the pro is awesome. Stripperella's crap. No, I'm just saying, yeah, I, I was just referencing. And that movie and everything that it's about will make it $8,000. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't, seen the, if you haven't uh, read The Pro, go read it. It's a really good read. Yeah. No. It's funny as hell. Just don't read it at work. It's kind of dirty. I could totally see Sarah Silverman in that part. In fact, I think she would totally nail it. 
Yeah. I think she would nail the part. <laughs> Get it, pro. Man. <laughs> um, I'm funny that way. This is interesting. A little, uh, I'll be the judge of that. Video game news uh, for Australia. Uh, now, Valve's upcoming shooter, Left 4 Dead 2, uh-huh. had been denied classification in Australia. Which they deny everything. The game can't be legally sold there. Now, after a series of edits, which removed considerable amounts of gore from gameplay, Australia's classification board has given the game an MA15 Plus rating. That's their highest one. Uh, the new report says uh, no wound detail is shown, and the implicitly dead bodies and blood splatter disappear as soon as they touch the ground. So the by board making... notes that the game no longer contains depictions of decapitation, dismemberment, wound detail, or piles of dead bodies lying about the environment. So what's the point of playing? Yeah. The unmodified version of the game may still be approved, <laughs> right, pending that a review that concludes October 22nd. Yeah, what's the point of playing this game? Seriously, play Pac-Man. Well, and the biggest well. thing to me is they can show sex on TV, but they can't show, like, um, video game, cartoon style, if you want to call it. Dead bodies. I don't get it. Yeah. Or repercussions from violent instruments. I don't get it. (laughs) (sighs) Lame Australia. Some some countries prefer sex over violence, and some prefer violence over sex. That's very true. They prefer Caligula. (laughs) (laughs) No. no Or you get both, right? Yeah, this is a little mix of the two. (laughs) Only the country you're lord of, what is that again? Variania. Sealand. Sealand. I am a lord of Sealand. Look it up. Did Google they, it. Did they cash your check? <laughs> Tell yeah, I am a lord of Sealand. Love me. I think if I buy an acre somewhere, I can do the same little scam. <laughs> it's an aircraft. Uh, what is it? It's an it's anti-air a, tower off the coast of abandoned boat. Yes, it's an abandoned dinghy. It's more it's like an abandoned it. boat with barnacles on it. It's a sovereign nation. It's a sovereign boat. How dare you offend my sovereign nation? I declare war on your nation. <laughs> And the fact that Jeff is going to join me, we outnumber your nation. <laughs> you probably do. Cut For the record, the, I am offended, sir. Cut off the imports, exports, the import of embargo. everything. You're going to cut off their export of barnacles? What? <laughs> I, said, I said an embargo. What? That's our old, How did you hear that? I think the only export they have are titles, like yeah. Lord and Lady and Baron and Baroness. They don't even live there. Yeah, sucker. No. The owners don't live there. No. Lordships to suckers named they live Barry in a Rob. Mansion built by Barry's money. They fought a war and won. Yeah, by oh, on paper. <laughs> yeah, no. Google it. What am I? Yes, somebody got kidnapped in the thing with reference the a previous and... Couchcast because you've talked about the subject before. Yes, mm. we have. We have, but <laughs> it's yeah, so much fun to revisit. Because yes. Sealand's awesome. That's my country. <laughs> Land well, what else loves. do we have, Barry? Well, uh, just a few comments from uh, the peanut gallery. What you got, peanut? Uh, well, I asked uh, if anyone had any comments or topics of interest. Uh-huh. Matt Rodriguez says, best real and fake boobs. Really? That, what? That's it. He just wants to know who has the best real and fake boobs. This is boobs. Matt. He can come up with much better topics, but he's just trying to be funny. Oh. Yeah. You know what, Matt? You fail. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tonya hale Clault says that we need to try Irish moss, I guess, for... Uh, is that alcoholic or none, you think? Uh, don't it's know. Irish, I would assume alcoholic. I would assume so, too, but with moss, you never know. It's from Jamaica, she said. Well, then I'm really confused. <laughs> Irish moss. Irish Jama- moss from Jamaica. Jamaica. Whatever. Awesome. Hmm. By way of Auckland. Okay. We still, we still haven't tried the absinthe. <laughs> uh, I 
gave Matt a piece of my mind. He said, all right, fine. How about uh, why would Microsoft make Windows 7 look like it boots faster than Windows Vista when in reality Windows 7 takes 30 minutes to fully load? Well, I don't know. I don't have any experience with Windows 7. I don't have any experience with Windows 7 either. However, I assume you can use it faster, <laughs> quicker. It's fine if things are still loading up in the background that you don't need right away. But I if it starts up quicker and you're unaware of it, so be it. Yeah. Yay, us. Uh, Justin Almeida says, who would win in a Royal Rumble of geekdom? Bring it. Between who? Who? Between uh, us? All genres from Red Wrestling. See, that's too vague. Uh, We would win. The Ugly Couch Show would win and you would lose. Oh, I thought it was just us in the room. Oh, no, us in the room? Me. Whoever could get to a weapon Oh, hell no, it'd be me. I'm sorry. What? That's not much of a challenge. There's weapons all over this room. Knowledge and geekdom? Knowledge and geekdom? Oh. Is that what we're talking about? Because then it wouldn't be me. Oh, there it is. It's on. No, how do we test this? Violent. How do we? How do we? Tell him to clarify what subject he's yeah. talking about. Everybody has their own did. like geek specialist. Th- there's in their yes. own way. That's true because that's definitely true because there are certain areas of geek that I can tell you every little thing, and there's some that I've never heard of. All right, you know, what? Exactly. just just for the, our audience members around here, we're just going to pass the torch around. Uh, Deb, what is your core area geekdom? of expertise? As expertise of geekdom. I would say Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I oh. could probably tell you every single episode and everything that happened and every backstory of everyone in it. All right. Nothing to be proud of. Does it have to be something like... Anything geeked him. What are you... What are you anime. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. That's awesome. <laughs> I know that. I have two microphones. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I passed that to you. Because you said to pass the torch around. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be horror all the way. Particularly horror literature. But I'll even go horror movies as well. I'll go sci-fi and pop culture in general. I'm kind of a pop culture whore, and I know a lot about sci-fi. All right. Yeah, I think Barry and I are very similar to the sci-fi pop culture. No, no, sci-fi is very wide. You're a little bigger on 80s. So. I'm definitely, yeah, I, I, th- I would say like definitely like eight, 70s, 80s movies. All right. But 70s and 80s, like trivia, I would probably say would be my area of expertise. Star Trek, probably more specifically. Just having been around it so many years. Yeah, can you refine your, your sci-fi? Star or Wars? There you go. Star, Star Wars. He's, there it is. He's, Star Wars. He's pretty knowledgeable about the Star Wars. I will give I'm him that one. pretty knowledgeable about the Star Trek, but not so much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to branch mine out and say more actual current TV shows as well, because there's right. a lot on right now that I watch religiously. So, Flash Forward, how's that doing? It's doing pretty good. Um, the first the show was really episode. good. The second episode kind of lagged. Um a lot of the message boards, people are saying that it's it's taking way too long to get any development, but they've only had, as far as I know, three episodes. Yeah, I was going to say, the third episode's this week, isn't it? If they're yeah. building a large story, so, you've got to build. So having you seen the second build. episode, am I going to be okay if I watch the third episode this week since I missed the second one? Yeah, because they give you a kind of like a... a recap? Yeah, a small little recap. Sweet. Oh, what's going we on? I forgot someone. Paul. I'll speak for Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. Duh. <laughs> and I'm an expert of He-Man. <laughs> I like butt. And Pokemon. I'm Barry. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, I'm also an expert of roleplay. Butt spree. <laughs> butt, butt, butt spree. spree. <laughs> butt spree. Wow, butt a fan spree. brought that to us. Wow. Yes, I watch. Wow. Wait, wait. That's right. A pretty girl watches the show. And you yes. can get her picture. If you give us a donation. <laughs> Pimping out our face. She's like, what? <laughs> what oh, we, we kind of picture? We have more comments. We'll okay. Ah, what else we got? <laughs> Matt Dreyer asks, what's the deal with Firefly anyway? What? It's a little general in it. 
Oh, can he be more specific? No, that's he's, it. He's just asking about... What's the deal? What's the, the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? Let me, wait, let no, me get my sign fill on. What's the deal with this Firefly? I don't know. It was a show. It was on Fox. It was a great show, but Fox canceled it. What's going on here? There you go. There's your answer. You are not allowed to do Seinfeld again. It does horrible things. Why not? It does horrible things to the sound. Oh, does it? Sam Shed. (laughs) Sam Shed wants to know uh, which Avatar movie will be better. Jim Cameron's. I will go with Cameron's. Jim Cameron's Avatar. Yes. Because even the people who seem to like Avatar seem to not like Shamalong a ding dong doing it. Yes. And I gave people Shmodo. one last uh, chance What's to the chime in. <laughs> and yes. Justin chimed in one last time and he asked, What dead geek idol should be brought back to life and spliced into a mega geek idol? Wow. That's a mm. fine question. First off, can uh, we name any dead geek idols? Dead geek idols. John Hughes? Carl Sagan? Since he just recently. I'll give you Sagan. Sagan's Sagan. great. Sagan? Yeah. Sagan's in fact, good. Sagan might have to get my vote. Oh my god, I just saw this thing on, on YouTube the other day where they auto-tuned Carl Sagan. It it's was great. awesome! Very, not only was it awesome, cool. I donated five bucks to the people just for being that awesome. That, that, that was worth my money. It was really well put together. I put it on repeat. I played it for like a half an hour. It's I, kind I, of I, ethereal, too. You're I, sitting there listening to it. It's kind of soothing. Yeah. And I downloaded it. It's on my MP3 player. I adore it. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. I bought it for five bucks. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because John Hughes just recently died. Right? So yeah, so yeah, there's another one. Um, who else? What geeks are dead? Well, you know what? I might consider a Roddenberry in that just as a possibility. Uh, yeah, Roddenberry, yeah. or even Majel. or a Serling. Majel was recent. How about a Serling? Rod I don't know Sur- if you call him a geek, yeah, but Rod he's Serling. a he is a certainly a Rod Serling put his impact on society as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, and he was one pop of, culture. I mean, that was one of the leading things into yeah. what we now know is science fiction fantasy yeah. realm. If, uh, well, and, and people don't know, a lot of people don't know Rod Serling did other things than just Twilight. Zone. Oh, certainly. So, as much as I don't like his books, and I'll he was, say Yeah, Robert I was going to say he was a writer. Robert oh. Jordan. Oh, sorry. If anti-Semitism was still in style, we could do H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> was he really? I didn't know. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's all I got. Disney, Walt Ano- Disney, another anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what this would make me think of it because of the Family Guy last week. When they, or no, sorry, two weeks ago when they went to the Disney universe. And, I love all the they, children. They killed more, except the Jewish children. <laughs> They're like, let's just stay here. And the door opens. Oh Jew! yeah, that. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so there's plenty to choose from. It's getting darker as we get earlier. <laughs> But that's all we have for CouchCast this round. That's Week and Geek. So we'll see you next week. I'm Master Dorgo. Dr. Mark. 80s Jeff. Bianca. I'm scared of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. We'll see Good you next night, week. everybody. Goodbye, everybody.